award-winning solicitors Johnson and Boone, offering a wide range of legal services from alcohol licensing, wills, commercial, employment, family, divorce, and landlord and tenant matters. For more information, visit johnsonandboone.co.uk or ring them on 0151 637 2034. You're listening to Johnson and Boone Solicitors podcast exclusively on the Pod Station. Welcome everyone to episode 39 of the Johnson and Boone podcast. My name's Mark. I'm your host. Joining me this week is Rob Boone from Johnson and Boone Fame. How are we doing, Rob? Very well, Mark. How are you? I'm not too bad. I'm not sure we can remember how to do this. It's been a couple of weeks, hasn't it? We have had a little break, yeah. We'll we'll say it's uh, it's been a holiday, but it hasn't been a holiday. We've just been slightly up the wall with work, haven't we? Yeah, we have a lot of things have been going on over the uh, the last few weeks or so but we're back now and uh, with a fresh topic if this is the first time you're listening to an episode um because of course of the break and you've you've magically stumbled across us in the meantime then uh, do you want to just explain briefly what we aim to try and achieve with these shows yeah of course so each week we touch on a topic and uh, we pick up on the main issues we give some basic advice and it's just supposed to be a taster session the sort of stuff that people might be thinking about or might have a problem in the background and if, if they need any help then they can contact us further if you want to listen to some of those previous episodes then you can go to the johnson and boone website so it's johnsonandboone.co.uk you'll find the useful advice tab if you hover over that there'll be a podcast option Slick, select that and you'll find all the previous episodes uh, alternatively if you were uh, like to di- digest your podcast in any of the major platforms so apple google spotify etc um you can find us on there if you just type in johnson and boone into the search field uh, you can also listen through the mobile app so if you go to apple or android app stores there's a free to download johnson and boone mobile app where you can listen to the podcast on there or else you can actually do a whole host of other things can't you rob yeah, you can. So you can. There's lots of information on there. You can access, as you say, the podcast. Uh, there's lots of information about our services. But importantly, you can always um, book an appointment straight in with one of the team, and it's all divided into who you'd need to see for a particular issue, and then that appointment drops straight into our diary. Um, so there's no need to even speak to us beforehand. So certainly, if you're a business owner, it's well worth having it on your phone. It's not just downloading an app for an app's sake. You can also check us out on social media, so Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter. Uh, we also do the show on YouTube as well. We don't we do not do the recording yet because, uh, <laughs> well, Rob seems to have sorted his lockdown hair cut out, but I haven't, and therefore I am not fit for public consumption anytime soon. But we do have an audio version that you can listen to if, if that's easier for you. So there's a million ways in which you can check out the show uh, what are we going to cover today as a topic so this week we're expanding upon something that we uh, initially touched on back in episode eight when we were talking about the different structures upon which businesses generally operate in the uk 
uh, and we're revisiting limited liability partnerships. Uh, but we're breaking that down further and specifically we're talking about how those are formed. Okay, well, if you want to go back and listen to episode 8, guys, we do touch on all of the different business structures, which includes the limited liability that we're talking about today. So if you feel like you need to take a step back a little bit further, then that should hopefully fill in some of the blanks. But as Rob says, we're, we're going to cover limited liability partnerships today. So what specifically are we going to look at? At about this particular structure what what's fascinating for us this is an unusual structure it's not one of the common ones so people generally you know if, you, if you're on your own you're a sole trader uh, there's a couple of you sometimes you'll either be a partnership or you'll be a limited company this is a cross between the two so this is an alternative business structure that gives you the benefits of a limited company uh, but the flexibility of a partnership um, an LLP set up in a way where it's intended to have that flexibility, but there is also intended to have an element of protection uh, in as far as um, the the partners are only liable to the extent of their investment. So it's very much a mixture of, of both worlds, really. Um, what kind of requirements do you need to meet in order for it to be? And we'll call it an LLP because that's that's the abbreviated version of limited liability partnership. It's a bit of a mouthful, otherwise. So, so what 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 do you need to do, and what do you need? What criteria do you need to meet in order to set up an LLP? Well, as we say, this is a little bit of a crossover between partnerships and limited companies so um people might be familiar with some of these things from, from sort of corporate structures that they're using already there has to be two or more people that are lawfully carrying on business for the purpose of generating a profit um incorporation documents then have to be delivered to company's house so you'll see the first one's akin to a partnership the second one moves you towards a limited company because we're talking about a company's house um, and then there must almost there must also be a statement um, that the first requirement has been complied with, i.e., there are more than one of you, and you are um, you carry on business for the purpose of making a profit. So it really is a mix-up between the two. Uh, you mentioned incorporation documents. What what specifically we are talking about? What and in fact, what do we mean by incorporation documents? This is the part where we step away from being similar to a, a, a normal partnership because a normal partnership isn't generally registered anywhere. There'll be a partnership agreement and it is just an agreement between friends or, or business partners, however they're going. The incorporation document is the first part in this where you'll really feel how it's different. So there's a specific form that gets uh, firstly obviously completed and filed at a company's house. That'll state the name of the LLP it will state the location of the registered office. Uh, and again, registered office, it's, it's moving closer towards uh, um, what we'll understand under normal company law. And then it'll give the uh, required particulars for each of the members, so you're a member of an LLP. Um, all of those requirements in practice are pulled together on a single form. And as part of that, you'll also have to identify who has significant control again very similar to a limited company where if you ever go onto company's house you'll be able to see for each uh, limited company that exists who has significant control of the company uh, it's exactly the same for this type of structure um as i say all of the rules are similar but they're under different legislation we've touched previously on 
the importance of various company structures being underpinned by contracts and agreements. Um, what sort of an agreement do you need with this sort of um, arrangement? Because we've we've discussed previously about shareholders agreements when you're talking about limited companies. You just mentioned there about partnership agreements for partners. Here you've got a bit of both. So <laughs> do you just do you just copy and paste bits from each of those two agreements, or is there actually a completely separate one that you need to use? You've just said those faithful words that send a shiver down. Every <laughs> we never copy and paste anything, though. You, you do need um, you need a limited liability partnership agreement. Um, this will uh, this is a document that will manage the internal affairs in a similar way to a shareholders agreement will, in a similar way to a partnership agreement will. But but this is all under different legislation. There's different things that needs to be recorded. Uh, and it is important that um, they do have one. If you don't have one or in the absence of a, an agreement which is legally binding, the default provisions of the Limited Liability Partnership Act will take effect. And as we've mentioned before in different shows, they take effect whether you understand them or not. Right, got you. Um, and is that a private document that you you've, you agree? It is a private document, yeah. It's, it's a private document between the members. Uh, it's not one that needs to uh, be filed or listed at a company's house or anything like that. Uh, and again, it's one of the things that originates from partnership law, because in exactly the same way, you know, partnership agreements private. Check out award-winning Johnson & Boone Solicitor's unique product, Legal Guard. Ideal for businesses and individuals. Legal Guard ensures you get the legal help you need when you need it. Packages start from just £24 a month and include free expert advice, access to a library of legal documents, as well as exclusive discounts on a range of services. For more information, visit johnsonandboon.co.uk forward slash legal guard and quote the code THECHESH. So how do you choose about or how do you go about selecting a name for an LLP? With with Companies House, when you're talking about limited companies, you can't use the same name that's already been used, and, and, and presumably from an IP perspective, you've got to be careful with, with partnerships. But how do you go about doing it in this instance? As you say, it's, it's identical to those provisions, albeit they come from a different place. So you can't have a name that's the same uh, or which is too like. And you may have heard of a two-like objection, and that's an objection that's made to Company's House. If someone is using a name which is too like your name, exactly as it as it suggests. So before you make an application for the incorporation, it's advisable to check the public register at Company's House and to make sure that the name that you intend to use isn't already being used. And it may be that you just need a slight variation of it. Um, if you go on Company's House, you'll see lots and lots of names they're very 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 similar um they just can't be mistakenly similar um so for example if there was a spelling mistake in something that was trademarked it might you might find that that's protected anyway because sometimes people will get the, the trademarks the, the cover spelling mistakes and they'll get them in all different all slightly different gazes to make sure that they're covered um there's also rules as you would expect you know the name can't be offensive 
where it can't be anything that would constitute an offence. Um, it can't have any words of, of sensitivity in, or um, you have to be careful in terms of, of the context in which the name might be taken. It also can't suggest that it's related to the government. Uh, it can't suggest that it's related to the Secretary of State or any public authority, etc. Um, and it needs to be careful in relation to its punctuation and what isn't isn't included in terms of signage. If people want to set up an LLP, to what extent are they able to do it themselves and to what extent do they need the assistance of someone like Johnson & Boone? I think it depends to what extent they're comfortable with the rules, what they need us or what they need someone else to do for them. It's it's often the case that a good accountant will be able to do the form filling elements in terms of, of getting it set up a company's house. It might be that they need advice before they do so as to whether it's the right structure for their business from a protection point of view. Um, they'll always need a solicitor's assistance in relation to the contract that underpins it. So the limited liability partnership agreements. Uh, and it's really important that advice is taken in relation to the context of that. In the same way as we've discussed in, in many other shows, not only does it underpin what's going on, but it avoids all the usual things that we talk about in relation to mismatched expectations and limits disputes, how people will answer and leave, etc. Um, and this is a complicated area. This is a, a more complicated um, set up than a partnership, say. It's in many respects, it's more complicated than a standard um, limited company. So they should get both legal and accountancy advice and they should make sure that they've had that um, and that their representatives are a part of the decision-making process as to it being a, a suitable mechanism for them to run their business. Um, I'd suggest in the first place, the accountant is the place to start. And then once they're confident that it makes sense from an accountancy and tax point of view, then it's ourselves or another competent firm that they tend to. How common are LLPs in your experience? Uh, it For me, and I say this entirely from a non-qualified perspective, it always feels like a bit of a weird structure. It always felt it was uh, it was like partnership or limited company, or you can have a mixture of both. And I could never quite wrap my head around the benefits of having the mixture of both options. So how often, how common, and is there a particular type of business that particularly suits an LLP nicely? It generally tends to be the businesses that like the flexibility of trading as a partnership, but they do want some layer of protection. Um, it actually become fairly common in relation to law firms uh, a couple of years ago. There's quite a lot of accountants that have adopted it. And it has tended to be those types of professional businesses that have, have gone with it. And, and they're exactly the same types of businesses that historically would have always been partnerships, uh, more recently, and nearly always limited companies. It, it's fairly uncommon for people to turn to it as um, an initial consideration uh, but if people go back to our earlier show we talk about all the pros and cons of the different types i think the natural progression tends to be um certainly if you take trades as an example they'll start as a sole trader or a partnership and then they'll flip when the time is right straight to a limited company and as you say the traditional thing for people is they seem to only um, anticipate that there are two options and this is a, a really plausible third option um, and, and it is something that people should consider, albeit you're right, it's much, much less common 
than the other two types. And why do you think that is, the, the, the lack of commonality of it? Is it purely that people don't really understand what it is and what it does and therefore shy away from it to go with perhaps the better-known alternatives? Yeah, I think it's just a misunderstanding of the benefits. So I think people either want the complete flexibility of a partnership and the liability element doesn't really concern them, or they want the absolute protection of a limited company. And, you know, sometimes it's it's a, it's a shield almost the limited company status. Um, that isn't the be all and end all. And, and for many businesses, I think they do miss a trick that you can have an element of both. Um, Historically, as I say, I, I think it's just been a case that maybe for a period of time, the advice that was being given from accountants was that you're either or. Um, and I think it, it, it might just be a case that it's, it's something that's overlooked. But there is no reason why the majority of businesses couldn't consider this as a, a really viable option. And if people do want to get in touch to find out more, ask a few questions or... Uh, enlist the services of Johnson & Boone to help them with the process, how can they do that? Uh, all the usual ways, so they can look us up on our social media platforms, uh, we're on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram um, they can message us via our message tab on the website johnsonandboone.co.uk uh, they can use the traditional method of giving us a call at the office 0151 637 2034 they could download our app and they could message us on the, on the app or they could book an appointment into uh, into one of our diaries. Um, they can also drop us an email at uh, info at johnsonandburn.co.uk. Um, in terms of the advice that we can provide, we can also just be a mechanism to put them in touch with accountants if it's a case that they need some, some contact with an accountant in the first place if they haven't got one. So if they're a brand new business and they don't know where to start, use us as a starting point and we will refer you on and you can come back to us at the time that's right. And presumably they can even uh, come round to the office to make an appointment in person, perhaps in the not too distant future. In the not too distant future, I think we'll be fully fully pledged and back open again, which I think the world's <laughs> looking forward to. How exciting. You nearly forget that option these days. After 12 months of being locked away in our little hubby holes, you, you forget that once upon a time people used to physically go somewhere and physically discuss stuff. Absolutely. We used to shake each other's hand at one point. <laughs> I won't do that now without an injection. Um, <laughs> all right, well, Rob, thank you very much for that. Um, what's the topic we're going to be covering next week? Um, so what we're going to do over the next few weeks is we're going to expand on this area a little bit more. What we've touched on today is obviously the, the setting up of them. Uh, over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about different elements in relation to limited liability partnerships. And I think that is just because, as you've touched on yourself, there is a general misunderstanding. And, and as we say, knowledge is power. So the whole purpose of these is to give people a flavour. Uh, if we break it down into bite-sized chunks over the next few weeks, um, then I think people will feel much more comfortable with it in the whole. Fantastic. Well, hopefully you've enjoyed that, guys. Um, if you have, go and give us a review uh, on the platform you used to listen to. It just helps give us a bit more exposure and hopefully more people will find and listen to the show. Uh, check us out next time. If you found this useful, then you definitely want to hear about the uh, the next progressions of this topic. Um, Rob, thank you very much, as always, and we will catch you all next time, guys. See you later. Bye now. Get social at Johnson & Boone on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter.